0: Hello there, Paramount Praise Chapel. This is Pastor Ron Simpkins from Pueblo, Colorado. I had the privilege of ministering at the Mother Church uh, last Wednesday. We had a great time, and we preached a sermon that's one of my favorites. And it's simply this, as you listen to it, I'm hoping it'll inspire you and take you to a new level of your Christian faith. And it's about the work, the work of the ministry. When Jesus talked to the disciples, as he talked to John, he told him, He said, uh, Feed my sheep. Do the work. Do the work. The secret of a dynamic Christian life is not getting stuff, but is doing stuff. God, what an honor it is to be someone that Jesus trusts with the work of his kingdom. And I hope that your heart is warmed and the Holy Spirit rises in your life as you listen to this simple but, I think, profound message. Thank you. Amen. And I'll say this, just as introduction, I think you guys have probably one of the best pastors and friends in the world. I've been all over the world, and I can't find Anybody much better than Omar and Letty Lopez. Hallelujah. And you know what? You know what I'm impressed by is I've had my ups and I've had my downs. <laughs> Amen. I've, I've been a star and I've been a nobody. Amen. And I'm probably closer to the nobody tonight than I've been in a long time. And yet my friend is still letting me preach to this phenomenal crowd. This unbelievable group of people and world changers, I am so honored, hallelujah, I really am, I just, I just want to smile and have fun. I, I'm going to try to do something a little prophetic, I hope I haven't missed it, I had not been here in a little while, and tons of you have gotten saved, <laughs> and it's a pretty young group, so I hope I haven't missed God. Because my sermon's kind of on, but it applies to everybody. But one of the reasons I kind of put this together is I deal with a lot of people who have been saved a long time. And you can kind of lose your way if you're not careful. And you can go through some difficulty. And I know people that never find their way back. Amen. Because it, kind of what happens is what makes us is also can be what scares us. So I'm going to talk to you about the work. The work—that sounds like a dirty word. I can already feel some of you think, think I've cussed. Amen. Watch this clip from Hoosier. Amen. And uh, thank God your people know how to do this on the fly. And it's not—am I going to get in trouble going? This uh, is—if you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen this movie, it is old. It's one of the best. True story. It's it's a town in Ohio. Hello, uh, Amen. On, 10 and on. There are only six people on the, the team. May not work that well. But if you want to win, if you want your life to count, you gotta do the work. Look at the person next to you and say, Do the work. In the movie, the next scene is is that he he these guys want to play. Basketball, they want to shoot and have fun, and he makes them start to run and do drills, and they've never done it. So the two best players quit. (laughs) Amen. But this is a true story, and those four that stay with him and another guy that joins him, can you imagine their lives were forever changed? People still watch the movie and dream about Hoosier because they did something impossible, but why? Because they did the work. I want to ask you tonight, do you, do you want to go to heaven and have like this huge crown or just a baseball, cup, baseball cap that says Praise Chapel on it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think the key, and I'm telling you, I've wrestled with this, is the deal. I spent months, literally months, working on four sermons, and basically the idea is this, what's the purpose of life? Amen. And we don't have time to preach the first three, but maybe Omar let me come back again one day. And the purpose of life is to be a disciple. Say disciple. What is the purpose of a disciple? To build the church. How do you do that? You've got to change your thinking, and the one I want to talk to you about tonight is you've got to change your action. You've got to live a different life. You've got to live by a different standard. And so I want, to, I want you to think about this with me because... I think it's one of the most important things that we can faith. To do this, you're going to have to be intentional. Say intentional. Intentional. And there's a sermon in its own self. My challenge to you by the end of this sermon is that something in your life you make a commitment to for God that you're going to intentionally make that a part of your life. If you have to push something else out, you will. Amen. Because I don't think there's anything more important. And number two is you need to be smart. Amen. Yeah, with a couple guys laughing. Part of what your pastor is is one of the things that was the most interesting when I met him 30 years ago. Is He's one of the smartest guys I know. And he didn't do what everybody else did. He did, he, he did the unusual. Amen. Hallelujah. But, my God, he was smart. Has anybody else been like me and been dumb? You know, I wish, I wish I'd wish have been smarter than what I am. I'm 71 years old, and I got nothing, because <laughs> I wasn't smart. Amen. And that, that's a whole sermon in itself. My pastor lied to me. <laughs> Said, you don't need to save money. You don't need to own a house. Just go preach for God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, it, it's been fun, but I kind of would like to have more hope than my hope is that Omar will take me out to eat tonight. (laughs) You know what I mean? What's my retirement? (laughs) It's Omar and Lenny. No, yeah, yeah, Omar's giving me the signal to go on. We've done that all over the world almost. And uh, what the heck was I talking about? Come on, Isaac. Be smart. Be smart. God, I wish I would have bought Walmart stock. You know, if you'd have bought Walmart, even a few bucks worth, you'd be a millionaire. You know, most of you are younger here. You know, if if you're in your 20s and you just put, I think it is, $2 a day away, when you get my age, you'll be a millionaire. (laughs) Don't ask me how much I have. (laughs) But here's the smartest thing you'll ever do. Are you ready? Live for God. See, what's different about us, but you've got to think about it, you've got to remember this, or you'll lose track. If we know the future. We're like the guy that that can see that Microsoft is gonna make billions. We're like the person, see, we see that the purpose of life is the kingdom of God. So I want you to think about that with me because I. I, I know it's important. Listen to Matthew 13, though, 54, 58. In fact, well, I'll read it. And when he has come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so much that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom, these mighty works? they are talking about Jesus. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not with us? Whence then hath this man all these sayings? And when he offended him, Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. And he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ can't do much when people don't believe, then there's little hope for Uncle Ronron. Ron. Amen. <laughs> Unless you turn on some belief. Here's the thing that God's been dealing with me about, and maybe some of you. Even tonight, you know what? If we're not very careful, we become so accustomed to Jesus that we don't appreciate him. That we're just like in this story. I don't know how many preachers I know that today don't even go to church. Of, of people that, that once prayed all the time, who, who now, they, they don't even think they need to pray. Am I talking to anybody? I believe life has seasons and I believe one of the battles you'll have over the long term is you'll, you'll fight this battle of that if you're not careful. You know, you, you think, I've read the Bible a hundred times. I don't need to read the Bible anymore. That we can almost, without even realizing, drift. And I think maybe there's some of you that are there. I want to ask you to raise your hand. Amen, at least not at this point. <laughs> but think about it with me. Because how do we not become casual in our walk and in our life and in our relationship with God or in our church? You know, it's, it's difficult to stay around these kinds of things. How do we do it? Well, I think it's this part of it. I, I, I've given this, like I said, hundreds of hours of thought, and I've come to the conclusion the kingdom is about half spiritual and half practical. And here's the problem: that if we're not careful, we we are either too practical or too spiritual. You see, how can you be too spiritual? Well, I know some that are that are so spiritual they're nuts. <laughs> the Corinthian church was kind of that way. Amen. I they they lost track of of really who God is and what He is, and they just thought speaking in tongues was enough. The Galatians were the opposite; they were so into rules and regulations and but what does paul say you're cursed you're cast off these people would have been phenomenal christians they'd be the dream of any pastor and yet they thought it was all them and nothing god so somewhere we have to kind of be able to get a hold of a little of the spiritual and a little amen of god and and i think there's something important here and how do we do it we got to do the work Jack Harris is a famous in Praise Chapel. He was my pastor for years. And I called him, and I was asking him about it, and he told me that the first time God ever spoke to him is he was, uh, he was repenting. Have you ever repented? And Jack needed to repent. <laughs> I, know, I know a little of his story. And he's really impressed with how good a job he's doing at repenting. And he's telling God how much to, he needs forgiveness and all this. And God spoke to him audibly, and he said this, Go do my work. And Jack was a little offended. You know, he thought God would say, oh, you're a great repenter. You know, or or, you know, or my son, I forgive you. He doesn't say, I forgive you. So he says, okay, go, go do the work. And he, got, he had enough sense. He said he got in his car and he started driving around and he ran into this guy, Mike Terry, that was uh, hitchhiking and got him in the car and led him to the Lord. And he said it was the whole shift in his whole life. I mean, I, I wrote a little bit about your pastor. I haven't been able to get anybody to publish it, but his, his story. And, I mean, he got saved and he started working. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Led 50 people to the Lord, I think, wasn't it, in three months or six months at the most. And, and he just, the whole team that he was on, he was a gymnast. Did everybody know that? Hallelujah. That's He was a stud when Letty saw him the first time. <laughs> and there's something about this that's important because we can be think we can think that as anybody else ever thought you're not spiritual. Raise your hand if you say I've thought I'm not that spiritual. Anybody here? Quite a few of us. That we can we can think we're not. And I want to tell you that's a lie. You are spiritual. You're as, as spiritual as you want to be. What we don't understand is half the gifts are probably practical things. Hospitality. No. Amen. One of the gifts is, is showing mercy. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, uh, helps, uh, giving. Amen. And yet these are spiritual gifts. Amen. And something that can change the world. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 with me. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. And that's pretty clear. It's saying this is something that you can't brag about. It's not you. But then look at what it says. This is so crazy. But not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lesson he mentioned. Both for you are what? His <laughs> workmanship. Hallelujah. And created in Christ Jesus for what? Under good works. That's insane. It's almost, it's tricky, isn't it, a little? You're not made for works. Amen. <laughs> hey, it's not you. It's not your works. It's God. But you have to do the work. Look at, look at uh, James two fourteen. What does the prophet of man? Brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and hath not works can faith save him? And then he kind of gets kind of mocking, <laughs> you know. And he says, "If a guy says I'm hungry, you you just can't say, you know. If I tell Omar I'm hungry, Omar's be full. <laughs> You're full, Ron. You're full. I bless you. Amen. And 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 then he says what? Amen. He says here." <laughs> now, I move this st- st- stinker. Even so faith if it hath not works is dead being alone. Now my spiritual journey has circled around understanding what I'm going to try to tell you tonight. And and I literally believe there's maybe a revelation for somebody. There've been some times when I've got too legalistic or too self-oriented. Amen. There've been some times where I've gotten a little too spooky. <laughs> Amen. And was more consumed. The most spiritual people I know as I was praying about this are the ones with the smallest churches. Something not right about that. (laughs) That's why I say it's about half practical, half spiritual. You think about that. You think about that. We've got to combine the spiritual and the practical. Amen. And if we do this, something begins to change. Amen. And so Jesus says what? Follow me. Anybody got any idea what that means? Following. <laughs> yeah, follow. I love Sandy. Keep going, girl. <laughs> Here's what's been critical for me to move. Some of you aren't moving. Anybody say, maybe that's me. Anybody wave at me if you say, maybe that's me, maybe I need to rethink this and 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 the reason if you're like me, you know I didn't get saved for a long time because I didn't think I could be a Christian. you know why? because I wasn't one i mean it was it was it was almost that simple. I just assumed if God wanted to save me, he was going to make me feel like I was saved. you know what I mean, and I'd get the Holy Ghost vibrations and and I'd do all this kind of stuff, so I just didn't live a Christian life until one a friend of mine, he was actually witnessing to me, and I was talking to him, and I was arguing with him, and, and, and confusing him, to be honest, because anyway, anyway, you don't want to know, and uh, and uh, and I said, I have tried, it doesn't work for me, and I'll never get. Randy Miller's his name. He lives in Colorado. He said, Ron, you're a liar. I said, What? I'm not a liar. No, I've, I've tried. See, you're a liar because Jesus Christ said he died for your soul. And there's nothing you can do to keep his love from operating in you. And that night I got saved. And here's how. Here's how. I've had people tell me you can't do it, but I didn't. I said, God, I'm going to give you 30 days. I'm going to give you 30 days. I'm going to live for you for 30 days. Amen. And I cut my friends off all except Joe Weidinger, who I went to Joe and said, I'm going to be a Christian. He said, me too. (laughs) Amen. Then he got saved the next night. (laughs) Hallelujah. And for 30 days, and at the end of 30 days, I was saved. And that was almost 50 years ago. But I could even illustrate this over and over. Anybody else have trouble getting filled with the Holy Ghost? I believed in it. I wanted it. It's part of why I got saved. But, man, man. I kept waiting for God to grab my tongue and shake it around. You know what I mean? And I saw some people that they got prayed for, and they fell out and vibrated for two days and spoken tongues unstoppable. And I couldn't, even, I couldn't even get a spiritual anything. Amen. I went to the altar for three months at least, every service, you know, and, and just sat there waiting for God to get hold of me. You know what I finally did? I just decided to speak in tongues. I just kind of yabba dabba dooed it on end. I mean, honestly, it wasn't that, but it almost was. I said, if God said I could have it, if he said he'd give it to me, he said he wouldn't give me a devil, then I must have it. Am I making sense? I know this sounds crazy to some of you, but amen. I'm only here for one night, so then... I'm a, the reason I'm a pastor, I went to conferences, a dozen conferences where they said, you can't go out if you don't feel called, you've got to have God can speak to you, you know, almost needed, you know, angels to fly in and stuff, and so, I mean, I said at conferences where it's me and two 80-year-old ladies sitting in the seats, and everybody else is up at the front, but I ain't going until God proves it to me. And then one day I just said, what's God going to do, send me to hell for getting people saved? So I went to my pastor. I said, you know what? I don't feel called, but if you want to send me, I'll go. And the next day I was in a car looking for a city. (laughs) I'm serious. And I pastored a church that put out, I think, 15 churches out of that. Went to the Philippines and did another. I've pioneered five times. Amen. Now, so that's another story. Hallelujah. So there's something here that you have to understand. How, how do you get God to move? You move. You want to be prosperous? Give. You want to love? Love somebody. Amen. I mean, isn't it that simple? Amen. That when you worship, do you always feel it? Or do you get up here once in a while? You know, go, there is power, power wonder-working power in the book. I was a worship leader. Can you tell? <laughs> and you know what? The crazy thing is when I would start to move, God would move. Now, I'm telling you. So here, what, what am I trying to tell you? That so I can feel it. Several of you are asking that. What the heck is he talking about? Now, Listen. I'm talking about being spiritual. I'm talking about being a world changer. I'm talking about how do you connect your life to God's power and promise. Move. And it's in the work. It's in the work. Does this make sense to somebody? Am I talking to anybody? Wave at me if I'm talking to you. Because I'm telling you literally, I've been through this trail multiple times. I know what it is to be betrayed. I know what it is to be disappointed. I know what it is to be broken. But I also know how you get back on track. You've got to get back up. And you've got to play the game again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, here's the problem. As humans, most of us have the flesh down pretty good. I don't think anybody here had to teach their kids to lie. You know, okay, Billy, lie to your sister. Ooh, that was pretty good. I couldn't even tell. You're going to do well in the world. You don't have to have a class on lying. You're born. You know how to lie. And this is the problem. Most Christians get saved, and they never shift from the flesh to the spirit. My I talking? There are some of you sitting here tonight, you're living from the Old Testament, not the New Testament. You're living thinking it's all just about being good and not sinning, and if you're doing that, but like I said, Galatians did that, and, they, and, and Paul says, you're not even close. See, I don't want to be dumb. I don't want to get to heaven and thought I did a great job, and Jesus says, who are you? Because I followed some kind of crazy idea. that Thank God I'm not a Catholic. That, no, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> for, forgive me for saying that. But you know what? I mean, I don't want to think. I, I want to tell you, you can pray to Mary all you want. It ain't going to work. I, I don't want to go to a church that doesn't even know how you know God. See, that's a miracle about this place. If you just hang around and get on board... God's going to break in. I promise you. Amen. You say God never touches me. End of the service. Come up here. I'll try and push you over. I'll do my best. <laughs> and if you took a dive, it might even work. <laughs> Amen. Give me the sign, Omar. Here, let me close with this. There are three things. Three things that I want to challenge you tonight. How many would take a challenge? How many want your life to be effective? Raise your hand if you say, I want to be effective. I'm going to give you, I've really given this, like I said, hundreds of hours of thought. And and I think there are three things that you cannot lose at. Number one, be fruitful. Say fruitful. 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 Thank God I was saved in a church that believed in soul winning. Amen. We weren't allowed to not go out and witness in the early days. Amen. It was just required. Amen. Now, and you know what? I'm glad. Now, and i would and, and be honest with you, one of the reasons I'm preaching this is, God, I'm 70-something years old. I'm a pastor. I could just preach to people all the rest of my life. But I've been going out and trying to be a witnesser again because there's nothing. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to go to heaven and if you, you help someone to meet Jesus Christ and to escape hell? And, I, and I've, I've led, I, I couldn't even tell you how many people have gotten saved from my life. I could name names. I just with Coney Roscoe, he's changing Africa. Hundreds of churches Thousands of people, miracles are happening, and I played a part. Nothing is going to be greater. You say, what can I do in the church? Well, get somebody to come to church. I mean, there's half a chance they'll get saved. Amen. I was just with a friend of mine, and one of the best Christians I ever know, he lied to him, told him we were going to a movie. (laughs) That's right. They were out at dinner, and then took him, and he was a movie. It was Stephen the Night, and he got saved. He got saved because somebody, somebody did some what I call sanctified lying. <laughs> Telling people what they need to hear. Amen. But in Matthew, I was at a funeral. Now, it's been a while probably ago, but the guy that had wanted me to do his funeral, I hadn't seen him in three years. He backslid. It's kind of weird doing a funeral with somebody. You haven't seen that wasn't going to church? And anything, and no, because of that, the 200 people that were there, 180 of them were backsliders out of my church. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't real comfortable. you know, it's all these people that have left my church and hurt my little heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this girl, Teresa Burdecchio, gave me a word, and she says, "See all these people, they're all going to go to heaven because of you." And, and honestly, I wasn't sure I wanted them to go at that moment. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, they hurt me. <laughs> but I got to thinking about it. I mean, think about that. Think about that. People that, that, that even they're, they're not around you, they don't hurt you. How many How many people, Omar, have gone through this church? Tens of thousands. And you guys have played a part worship, teaching. And and I think we're going to get credit for all of it. I mean, Jesus said if you give a glass of water, you get a reward. So I'm counting. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to be really mad. I'm hoping this is kind of like Amway. You know what I mean? I get you to buy in and I get 5% of everything you say. Number two. So number, number one, be fruitful. And fruitfulness is more than getting souls saved. We don't have time to go answered prayer, changed life. Amen. These kinds of things are important too. But, but part of it is just being fruitful. How many say I need to be more fruitful? Amen. I'm literally telling you, we can change Southern California if we're just a little more. That's who Praise Chapel is. Amen. Homie, don't you know me? We scared them out of hell. I wasn't there. I don't know. Letty, did you play a prostitute in that? I mean, it was it was wild. It was crazy. And yet thousands, thousands gave their life to Christ. Number two. Are you ready? Be spiritual. Say, be spiritual. Be spiritual. I'll never get Don McCamish. I came. I'd been saved about five, six weeks. I didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? I'd been saved in a church that wasn't spiritual, and Don came, and he's a prophet. Word of knowledge scared my halo off. You know, I, I didn't know you could do it. I remember him telling me, God chose you before creation. I thought, man, that guy's crazy. And then I found it in the Bible. And every one of us, God chose us. If you're here and saved, how many are saved? God chose you before creation to be a part of his kingdom. You have a body, but you are a spirit. Did you hear that? You have a body, but you are a spirit. A spirit. Amen. And it's the spiritual that can change the world. You can choose to be a carnal Christian. And what does that mean? just means living from your flesh. See, that's what most Christians do. They just live from their ability. They never make the shift to begin to trust in God. Why? Well, because trusting God is kind of half crazy, isn't it? God tells me to do stuff I don't want to do. Give. <laughs> you know, and, and he's always encouraged me to do stuff that it doesn't even seem like he cares that much about. Anybody else ever pray prayers that don't ever seem to get answered? You know, there have been times in pastoring where it's hard to give an altar call because nobody's gotten saved in a year and a half. I mean, it's never probably been that bad, but it's been close where you almost get afraid to pray for anybody. What do you do? Be spiritual. Be spiritual. Because even though I get frustrated, and many times, I want to tell you, my dream at 71 years old was not to be in Pueblo, Colorado. (laughs) It was to be replacing Digger Hernandez on TV, you know what I mean? (laughs) To To be a superstar, superstar, hallelujah, amen, have a handful of people, but hey, I'm doing what God wants me to do. Amen. Are you doing what God wants you to do? And, and you know, a big part of it is just being spiritual, acting like maybe some of your prayers will get answered. So you come before church and you pray. How do you ever get a miracle? You try. How do you get a healing? you got to lay hands on a lot of people, leave fingerprints on a lot of foreheads. (laughs) But, you know, once in a while, Uncle Ron-Ron jumps into the phone booth of faith, and out comes Super Ron, able to leap tall buildings, able to open blind eyes. I've seen the dead come back to life. I mean, literally, I have seen two people brought back to life from the dead. I remember a little boy, that his feet were backward. And it wasn't me, but it was Harry Hills, and I was there praying with him, and the legs began to crack. And those legs turned around just like that and went forward, and he could walk. I've seen, I seen with Jack Harris where there was a girl with her leg tied up because she had never been able to walk, didn't have any muscles, and he untied that leg, and she ran around that tent. I've, <laughs> yeah, no. Why? Because somebody didn't get frustrated because it's not working and just kept believing till it worked. Yeah. And, and they believed that God had spoke to him. It was Randy Miller. God told him to come and witness to me. I mocked him, made fun of him. And then by the time I asked him to pray for me, he almost wouldn't pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Something powerful. Listen to this, Ephesians 1, 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What am I shooting for tonight? You to see something maybe you've never seen. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to who? Usward. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ and raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Wow, that's for us. That's for you. Amen. Maybe you got high last night. Well, stop it. I mean, literally, I was just with one of my friends, like I said, Cody Roscoe, and I mean, it was almost a vision. I saw me and him. We knew each other before I got saved, probably four years, and there probably wasn't a day we didn't get high. And we sought the supernatural. It was all imagination. It was fantasy. But in November 1973, I said, God, I want you. And you know what we did? We moved from a fantasy to reality. And since that time, God has used me to help people and change lives and find Christ, and that's this church. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hallelujah. God, this is fun. Amen. <laughs> you have a body, but you are a spirit. Pray in, pray in the Holy Ghost more. You say, I'm not with the Holy Ghost. Well, let's yabba-dabba do it. Amen. And let's, let's believe. Pray, pray for healing. Pray for people to get saved. Pray, pray for prophecy. Love, serve. And the final thing, quickly, I'm about out of time, hear God. Three things. Three things that I believe that if you will make a decision that you're going to seek these, it'll change your whole life. To be fruitful, to be spiritual, and to hear from God. Amen. God will speak to you. Amen. And, 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 and it may take some time. It's not always easy. Amen. Omar came, almost quit. Amen. It, when he was here. But, but he heard from God. Donna Neville said, amen, the, the boogers have left and the gold is here. Or something like that. I can't remember <laughs> the exact quote. Amen. And, and it was that weekend. That that you went out, amen, and didn't took a took a PA and marched around the neighborhood preaching, and somebody came in that within a month, wasn't it, led fifty people to the Lord, and from that time things just exploded because we didn't quit. And here we heard from God, we heard from God. I believe God's speaking more today than He's ever spoke before. I think He's talking to people. I could tell a thousand stories of that paul neville the other day this was a couple of years ago before he went to germany but he was walking into circle k and he felt like god said to buy this bum that was out front a hot dog hey amen he actually bought him two because i think they were two for a dollar fifty and he went out and gave the guy a bun or the hot dogs and he said god told me to give these to you and the guy said he was going to kill himself that day but he prayed with paul wow wow I know girls that just ride around on their bicycle to get exercised, but then they're looking that if God says to stop and witness to somebody, they just pull over and witness to them. And it's astounding how many times they get saved. You know what I mean? Let's raise the level of the Holy Spirit in our life. And all we have to do is move by faith. Just simply believe that if we do this, God will honor it. Amen. And and it's just that powerful. Amen. And it's just that easy. In Colossians 1.10 Message Bible, herein is my Father glorified. Learn how to do your work. Learn how to do your work. Amen. How many say there's some work I need to do? Raise your hand. This is our altar call. Raise your hand. Say there's work I need to do. I'm telling you, it's just this simple. And I've, I've seen literally the world changed. Even half the time, I didn't even know I was changing the world. But I just did it by faith. I was telling Diga, I was thanking Diga, wherever he's at. I can't see anybody. Hopefully he's still in here. <laughs> but he told me, he called me. God, it must be 15 years ago. He said, Ron, I want to get all these kids together, and I want you to teach them on prophecy. I said, there's only one problem, Diga. I don't prophesy. (laughs) He said, no, you're the best prophet in Praise Chapel. And you know what? I knew Diga was smart, even though he was only 19, I think, at the time. (laughs) And I had to make a decision. You know what? And I just believe. I guess I'm a prophet. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I meet together with almost 100 pastors this year, probably, in prophetic conclaves and changing the world. Churches are starting, lives are being changed, and it's just God's people moving. I mean, say I'm going to change the world. Let's pray, Father. I pray. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount, or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.